welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 45, and we've got a Doomtree special today. We've got two episodes. We've got POS and Dessa from Doomtree were, were both kind enough to sit down and give me an hour or so of their time, so excited about that. Um, really good chats. Before we get into it, I'm going to quickly say that you can go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and support independent hip-hop directly, the independent hip-hop that I'm involved in, so, so do that. Independent music in general, we've got a lot of artists on there. We've also got, coming out on Friday, B. Dolan's new album, Kill the Wolf. It's absolutely amazing. A lot of you will have heard um, his recent single, Jailbreak, that's B. Dolan with Aesop Rock and Buck 65. The whole album is absolutely killer. So if you're listening to this and you're not aware of it, head over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and either pre-order it or if it's gone Friday the 10th of July, then just buy that that, that goodness. Um, Yeah. That's all I need to tell you about that. But let's get on to today's episode. I got to sit down with POS, who, as I mentioned in the podcast, he made one of my favourite hip-hop records of all time. And never better, I think, is as close to a perfect hip-hop record as you can get. It was the first new hip-hop in a long while, since those first Sage albums and things like that. The first new artist I'd heard that really rebuilt my love for rap. And this was a few years back. This was like four or five years ago, so... And he's still just going from strength to strength, but he's also gone through a lot, which we're going to talk to, talk about. He's had some crazy health issues and just a lot of stuff. So it's a really good chat and it was really good to get to sit down and talk. It's, it occurred to me as I'm saying this now, this was actually the first time we've got to sit down and talk properly because we met years ago when me and Dan were two in um, America and we chatted briefly, but weren't really aware of each other's work. He was there because he was familiar with, uh, with B. Dolan, who, as I've mentioned, his album's on his his, his way. Um, and we chatted, but then we kind of became friends over email and Twitter and all that kind of thing. So we did a track together and we've had loads of conversations and back and forth and become quite close, but never sat down and talked in person. So it was great to share that with you guys. I've got to warn you, on both of these podcasts, they agreed to do this in the daytime on a Saturday before their second London show. So it was amazing for them to do that, but it also meant I had to do it at the venue, which means there's a bit of traffic noise. There's kind of, I was in the tech room. So we were upstairs at points. There's a band sound checking downstairs. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, it's nice to have the atmosphere, right? It'll make you feel part of the the, the live music scene as opposed to someone who's sitting at home and not getting out there I'm kidding I'm not attacking you but do go out and support live music um, so yeah they're a bit noisy but um, it was a really good chat so part one as said is here this is with POS this would uh, will have dropped at midnight at midday on the same day at midday today we're gonna um, drop the Dessa episode which again equally exciting and wonderful to, to, to get to talk to a very intelligent articulate woman um so that was great. I'm going to get into this and then I'll come back at the end and tell you some more stuff because um, we might also have a secret a secret podcast later in the week that I'm not going to give you any great information about. But if you're a rap fan, you'll be into it. It's another thing. Like, I've enjoyed doing the T-shirts that we don't post about online. It's a little secret for those who listen regularly. It will just be there. So we're doing that on Friday. It's one that I'm not going to talk about online or promote but it will just come up on Friday. So if you subscribe, that'd be awesome. Anyway, let's go on with the podcast. I'll talk about that at the end. This is POS on Distraction Pieces podcast, episode number 45. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. 
I'm joined by POS. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. It is hot, and I was kind of expecting it to be like hot and wet. But yeah. It's just hot. It's great. It's beautiful. It's out. Unusual for the UK, man. man. You've got. A, you, I presume you brought it with you. I thought it was on your rider <laughs> or some shit. But. Man, it, that would be beautiful if we could just request <laughs> gorgeous weather everywhere. But this is the first time I've got to be here for like a bunch of days in a row. We yeah. came here with like I think two days off. And yeah. then a, a day off in Bristol And then a show in Bristol That's like, awesome It's been a lot of time spent Instead of just rushing through So what have you done? You spent like you spent it in London a lot of the time, right? Yeah What have you been yeah. t- taking um, in? Nothing Nando's <laughs> <laughs> Just getting Nando's yeah. on It's perfect tour food, right? It it's is the, really good. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the choice Perfect tour food You can be reasonably healthy Yeah If you choose to You yeah. can be outrageously unhealthy If you choose to Yeah, it's, it's You know, you gotta go there once you know that, and then uh, Marks and Spencer—that's like the <laughs> truck stop. We could probably make a healthy choice here. Yeah, you know, there's, no, there's nothing like that in the states. No, no, oh, yeah. yeah if you have to that's... go to a grocery store, you're not going to find, you know, a decent vegetarian sandwich on the side of the road. Yeah, not that I'm a vegetarian, but you're not going to find that. It's not going <laughs> to happen. So, so you had the first um, Doomtree headline London show. Yeah, the, uh, last night at the garage. How yeah. was that? It was amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was beautiful. The room was. Full. I think there was right around 500 people. Yeah. Like it was. I don't Sweet. know if that's the cap or what, but it yeah, was yeah. full and fun. And people knew our songs. And then we got a show of hands of who'd seen us before, and it was like nobody. Everybody that's was coming amazing. out for the first time, checking it out. Maybe some people had seen me, or maybe yeah. people had seen Dessa or Sims or something on trips yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But nobody saw us. It was tight. That's kind of perfect to get to go on these. Send everyone out on these scouting missions yeah. in advance to kind of build it all up, and then go ship. Our first ever show happens to be a sold-out show where everyone knows the words. That's, that's I mean, that's the yeah, dream, we right? We booked this show first, and yeah. it sold out so quick that we added that last one. Yeah, which and that's know, I guess is an even the, the extra one was even bigger a capacity, yeah. right? So again, yeah. your estimation was was one thing way off. You more than tripled that, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's fucking pretty, nuts. It's pretty exciting. That's sweet. Um, so, I mean. I used to go, as I mentioned earlier, I used to go to the garage for loads of little punk gigs. Yeah, yeah. I often talk to people at the start of their upbringing. I definitely want to talk to you about the, sure. the music you grew up listening to because yeah. I know there was a lot of punk, a lot mm-hmm. of hardcore in there. And yeah, how did that all, all, all come about in, in, in Minneapolis at the time? Um, did, yeah, did Minneapolis. Um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Grew up, I grew up and got into skateboarding pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, I think I was skateboarding around fourth or fifth grade yeah. cruising around maybe around sixth grade I bumped into some older skaters who had tapes and yeah. you know educate like, you yeah and they, they pretty much put me on to punk rock and you know I was I was a black kid in a pretty heavily white area so it was pretty easy to like dive into punk rock because yeah. I already felt like an outsider yeah. and it was pretty easy to just want to put on you know, spikes and dye my hair and just look crazy. So it wasn't like. I mean, that's awesome, and, and that makes sense because my initial thought. I, I remember you. Um, I think the, the first time I saw you live was in in Texas, but then I remember seeing you over here with King Blues. I think yeah. it was. And I remember you doing a piece there, and it was kind of saying, "Look, being a black punk kid, I wasn't that common." But I guess that's even better if you if just being a black kid wasn't that common where you were yeah, from. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, let's be punk and let's let's, let's go in for real. And yeah. I, I mean, it was it was like my early part of my life. Only black people, and then just you know, my mom met a dude, and we moved to the suburbs, and it was Damn. like a you know, like take this opportunity to like 
raised me in a better place. Yeah. You know, like a place that just had like better education and all this and stuff. Tons and tons of white people. And tons of white people. That's that's <laughs> totally how it worked out. But I loved it. And I got into I got into punk. I got into like all of the standard like pop punk, yeah. Nirvana. Uh, what, uh, what kind of stuff know. at the time was was, this, was ticking um, for you? The early Rancid records. Yeah. And you know everybody has Operation Ivy record, and yep. then you dig back from there. Minor Threat, you know, you, Black Flag. Yesterday, with the um, the the gay rights being mm-hmm. the the gay marriage passing in, in America, finally, a, a Rancid posted a video of them playing a Unity by Operation Ivy, yeah. which was again, it's just yeah. such a jam and that's, such a. It's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. it's old classic music to me. It's all like my roots of pop. I didn't listen to. Uh, like the Beatles or anything yeah. growing up yeah. like everybody knows every Beatles song yeah. automatically you don't have to put a Beatles record on to, to actually know all these songs by the time you're an adult you like know it but I got Completely. into Spoon yeah. in the way that people yeah, get yeah, into yeah, the yeah, Beatles yeah. probably yeah um, just like classic songwriting styles and just kind of cool vibes and really cool it's, production it's kind of a real I think a, a, a rancid a kind of an anomaly in that scene because a lot of people grew out of or whatever of Green Day and Offspring yeah, and yeah. Blink and all that but, but, but Rancid are the ones that you can then as you said you can do a bit more of the roots back to Operation Ivy and then get to Minor Threat sure. and then all this kind of thing so sure. they, and, you, I mean, you, just, or, even though th- those other bands had those yeah. you could still go there it, it didn't feel as natural a path back as Rancid it, did it, it comes it feels like it comes like from The Clash as opposed to from yeah. Bad Religion you know? yeah 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 completely but I got into Bad Religion and No Effects and all that stuff and then I think I spent my most like formative years for music, like the ones that mattered the most to me, only listening to music that either was from Minneapolis or touring through Minneapolis. Right. It was yeah, all about yeah, yeah. you know those those few years before you're allowed to go to bars to see shows, but yeah. you still want to see shows. So yeah. everything is in a house or in an all ages venue. So That's amazing. Yeah, you see like the Get Up Kids or at the drive-in or you know. Uh, Kid Dynamite come through these places, yeah, and you can sweet. You know, those are the bands I listen to. Is the ones that would actually yeah. come to me. I mean, it's crazy because it was people are going to forget that now, but that's how it had to be pre-internet. Really, yeah. you didn't really have that if you couldn't, particularly in the UK as well, like import stuff and shit like that. You couldn't, you couldn't get a lot of music, yeah, that, same, unless it was same as the Midwest. There, and, yeah. you know, being from Minneapolis, the nearest big city is Chicago. And that's like a seven-hour drive to go to yeah. a record store. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Typically, it's the coolest when they come to you. If you got these yeah. spots that always have shows and you know bands come through on tour and you can watch them. I remember seeing bands like Orchid and yeah. The Locust and like yeah. all these like seminal spazzy blast bands that like kind of made up all the music that yeah. came. I, th- I don't know. I think that 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 also made people. And I don't know if it's just you get older and you don't do it so much but part of that it made you fall in love with albums that that bit more because you only had like what they left well yeah do you know what I mean they leave town that's Dude, all you've got until someone comes back and that's, that's it, it that's would, everything whereas now you can get a million albums a day and that's and, you know. and that's I've been, I've been man I talk to people about this kind of a lot I think yeah, is like yeah. a lot of the culture is lost and people don't care about mm. they don't care about like uh, originality they don't care about things being genuine and real because music is so worthless to so yeah. many people yeah. you know like if instead of being able to download records you had to order a order, order a cd or order a piece of vinyl yeah wait weeks for it to show up it gets there 
you're going to make yourself like it. You know, yeah, like you're, either it's going to be terrible or you're going to give it like 25 listens and make sure it's terrible. You yeah, know, you can't 100%. just, you can't just listen to it once and be like trash and throw it away, you know? And that's it. It's that kind of, uh, I have people often say, and it's not even getting into the pirating thing because I think that's yeah, got, there's a lot of case whatever. by case and whatever, but I have people say, well, I like when I can't afford it, I'll like, or, or if I can afford it, I'll pay. If I can't, mm-hmm. I download it. And again, it's like, well, uh, when I grew up, if I can't afford it, I can't have it. And that made me choose really fucking carefully. It really It'd be did. like, really, right, this is the album I'm buying this month. It's you true. Know, the, the, it's the, true. This and is the one. It also makes you care about it enough to listen to it and Completely. then listen to it again. Completely. And the art means more because you get a chance to digest the art and really figure out what this person is yeah. trying to say. I mean, I, I still have that now. And again, it's different because not that I'm, I'm rich in any way, but I'm earning a, a mm-hmm. living. I still feel pain for shit gives me more reward if you know what I mean I've well, got yeah. that physical investment in a- it absolutely and yeah I don't know I feel gonna, I can take I'm gonna, more I'm gonna it's, give this a real shot yeah because yeah. I spent my money on it I'm yeah. not gonna listen it's not to it just, and whereas other stuff and when I started doing the radio show or when I know people in acts and everything or whatever or when they're sending me their shit for free even when it's stuff I'm into yeah. half the time it'll, it'll sit on my phone for a few weeks before I get around to listening to it because I didn't have to do anything to get it there yeah. if you've actually I mean you said about ordering a CD Back then, <coughs> for me at least, that was a case of walking or getting the bus or whatever to a record shop for them to order it. Yeah. And things like that. It's like I couldn't Absolutely. even order it to my house. So that's, it's not even that illusion now of Amazon of, oh, I've got to wait a week or two. It's like, no, no I walk mean, somewhere. Even Amazon, yeah, they ring like me when it's a day in. And a half, yeah, man. exactly. Nah, man, yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of people, especially like teenagers, miss out on some of the genuine love that you can kind of attached to a band or a, not just a band but like an album a piece of art as yeah. a piece of art you know yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of obsessing over like the idol or the person that made yeah. the song without yeah. having to deal with any content and have any idea how this person actually feels and it's it's got to end up having a knock on effect on the music that's produced yeah. right you'd imagine in, in general there'll be a gradual progression towards stuff that it's all being made for that instant reaction yeah. rather than thinking right Fuck the, not thinking about the instant yeah, yeah. reaction. Thinking right, this is I've got to craft this, yeah, and make it have have longevity. Have have a it's lasting got, it's impact. It's got to be a hit. And, it's got to yeah. you know I got to work with these people, you know. And equally, the fear that nowadays because you can get reaction before you've even finished a whole record. I know that's, I, that's negative, right? That can influence the way everything goes, change your thoughts, change your output. It is it. I know actually a, a girl who's a friend of mine and she's a really good musician she's incredibly talented Mm. but I feel a a lot of her career is like kind of testing the audience you know she she puts out a couple songs at a time and then based on the reaction she gets she'll kind of tweak the next handful of songs it's weird right it's really weird you know like it's it's fine it's you know it's her choice to do and that's how a lot of people work but but like to me it's like what yeah (laughs) you know I'm gonna make what I'm gonna make because that's how I feel and that's what I want to make yeah, yeah, and yeah. if people like it they like it but the people that do like it will find it you know yeah. I can't you know I can't throw something out to a crowd and then see if it sticks yeah. and then pull back you know like okay, no 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 no. that's like, not what fo- I meant that's focus, not what I meant forget fo- that ignore it's that like <laughs> focus grouping a movie you yeah. know like that kind of vibe. yeah that's not cool um, so let's continue on the beauty of punk music and growing up into punk music is it feels or I always feel you go and see punk bands and you think 
man, I could, I could do that. Yeah. And that's the, it's engaging. So what was your introduction into actually starting to, to make music? Because you so, play instruments as well and things yeah, like that. So I, what play, was that? I play guitar, bass, and drums. And I think initially I wanted to get into music because, I, well, in like fourth grade, I saw the video for Guns N' Roses' Paradise City. Yeah. And in that video, there's a time lapse yeah. of an empty field and then trucks come and then they put up a stage and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know, the band gets on stage but it's like this whole time lapse showing the process of what a concert looks like yeah. and it snapped in my head that that's a job. Yeah. Like, that's somebody's work. Oh, yeah. well, I'm just gonna do that. Yeah. You know? So since fourth grade, I was like, I'm gonna make music with my life, you know? So I... I Demystifying it. It's kind, making it... Right, kind that's of, just yeah. something that someone does. That's, totally. Yeah. So from fourth grade and fifth grade, I was writing little rap songs for me and my friends to rap. Yeah, and then uh, I always liked rock music a lot more, and I saw Brainiac. I don't know if yeah. you ever heard Brainiac, yeah, yeah, yeah. those old spazzy punk band. I saw him in the entry, and I had the same the, the same vibe you're saying is I could do that. Yeah, you know, I borrowed a borrowed or stole a bass guitar from my cousin's house, <laughs> and I pretty much taught myself how to play. My friend John Ness taught me how to play drums, and I taught myself how to play guitar with my friend Clint. Yeah. And it was like start a band. I started bands. I always played in bands. I played drums, I played bass, and then I sang and played guitar in a band called Ohm with uh, my friend Kai MK. And that band broke up when he went to college. Right. He came back from college and we started Doomtree together. Like oh, amazing. Was, yeah, it was, you know. That's awesome. So, what was your, when do you kind of remember when you started getting into rap? Because I think there's su- such a, a crossover. In the mentalities of of, of, of punk and, and of, of, yeah. of hip hop, I think there's the the DIY element. There's the the voice of the the voiceless. Essentially, there's yeah. the being able to do it on minimal budget, and there's the exact same thing as we're saying there. Of, like when I saw the Beastie Boys alive, I kind of stood and thought, "This is one of the best things I've ever seen." But also, that's just a dude with yeah. a mic talking. That's- I can do that. That's so. They've both got that element of accessibility. Totally. Totally. It's, I mean, that's that's really what it was. Is like I can smash out some of these songs. This yeah. is easy. I can play yeah, guitar yeah, that yeah. well already. You know. Yeah. And you know, I was into really really aggressive music, and yeah. then I was into like Sonic Youth and Nirvana and all the bands that Kurt Cobain said to like. And, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The so meat I puppets. Tried all the, I tried, yep, meat, meat puppets. I tried all the <laughs> bands, and uh, it was for me punk, fast, poppy, melodic, hardcore. I guess they yeah, call it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But like back. Back when I, I mean that that made the most sense because you can sing, you play, and then you can get a little brutal if you want. You just yeah. do your thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just that was it. I didn't. I I assumed that I would be in a band with my life. Yeah. You know, and I didn't stop being in a band and start rapping until all my friends went to college. Yeah. Like all the people, and I I had been in a band from ninth grade through twelfth grade where everybody goes to college. Yeah. And. uh you know, and they the, all left. So everybody went to college. So at that point, I joined a band playing drums. Um, I started a band with my friend Isaac, who I still currently make music with, and I started rapping. Yeah. And I could always rap. I'd rap with my cousins. I'd rap with my friends. But right when everybody went to college, that's when I was like, okay, well, I need a band. I need something I can do by myself. Yeah. You know, just in case somebody wants to go to college again. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I started exactly. rapping. Then I started taking it seriously. Then that's sweet. Know. And then you set up. Or, or you started Doomtree was that a gradual birth was that a gradual growth and did you from the outset think I want I want to be standing on there with 
five MCs with mics in their hands. You know not, what I mean? This whole this whole full thing. No, nah, not even not even like years into Doomtree did any of us think, you know, we're just gonna always be on stage together. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we started Doomtree as at first it was a production crew. Yeah. We were gonna make beats and we were gonna make compilations of different rappers to get on our beats. Yeah. And then we'd rap two every once in a while. But th- that was the idea first. And really quickly, it just became an outlet for all of us to yeah. like make me. We were all everybody in Doomtree was a solo artist first. Yeah. And then it just made sense after a few years. Well, we got to make a record that has all of us. We'll make a compilation. And then the next record, we didn't want to make a compilation. We wanted yeah. it to be more. Yeah. You know, mixed like a duets. You know, there's no no solo songs. Yeah. Some you crossovers. Know? Yep. And, and then, then gradually. This, and then on this one, there's only like. I think one song that doesn't have more than three people on it. Yeah, no? that's so. perfect. As I said, it started more, as as you said, then as kind of a collective, as more of a blanket for what you're all doing yeah, yeah. in your own spheres, in your own worlds. Yeah. What was who's who's kind of got the the veto on on bringing people in? Like, did it always start with everyone, or was it kind of? I mean, it started with everybody except for Sims and Dessa. Yeah, and we had one other guy named Bobby yeah beautiful Bobby Gordis and it started with the handful of us me uh, MK Cecil Bobby yeah and Mike we knew I mean it really did start with everybody because yeah, this all yeah, happened yeah, in a yeah, year yeah, and we're yeah. like 14 years down the road you know yeah 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 but Sims and Dust were the last people to be asked into the crew yeah and it was never like a, we put a cap on this thing it was just then we got busy working you know, and yeah. there was not time to be like, how do we audition Seeing more who people? Else for comes this in thing. And who else comes comes yeah. through? Yeah, and then Ander, you know, he people don't know about Ander, but he's downstairs selling merch right now. Yeah. He runs all types of behind the scenes stuff for the internet and for all this other stuff. He's a person that was just a big fan of ours when he was like kind of a kid, and then moved from California to Minneapolis to be an intern and then has made himself totally indispensable yeah. and he's you know like yeah. it's been years now you know that's perfect I love that it's kind of it is it's, it's almost purposefully indefinable like it's I, yeah, I it's, mean, it's a record label it's a live show it's a it's, 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 a, it's a, pro, a publishing house it's you know yeah. it's, it's what it needs to be when it needs For to real. be right Des, I mean Dessa's book is I think one of the things that we've sold the most of, yeah. you know like yeah yeah, I mean, it, it essentially, it didn't become a record label until way after it was a crew. Yeah. And it became a crew because we hung out all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to make rap music. Laserbeak was making beats. You know, like, yeah. we, we were into rap music together. It was pretty much everybody I knew that was into rap music got a phone call, and we all fucking hung out. We thought that... We thought that Wu Tang lived in a house together, so we all moved into a house together. You know what I'm saying? Perfect. And then when we got when we destroyed that house, we moved into another house together. Yeah. You know, and then we did that for years and years and years, and then we all slowly became adults and moved away from each other. But I feel like we really it's all really grounded in friendship. And it's grounded in you know, I've got certain skills that I can share with the rest of the dudes in the crew the same way that everybody else has a different skill that they can share with me and everybody else in the crew yeah it's good to all have that input and that that that, that fluid interaction in that manner and at this point you know we're not we're not like messing around like at this point we're like 14 years in this is is our life's work to this point yeah Yeah, completely so I mean on the kind of so before it was 
as much of a group and label and, and whatnot. I'd say you were kind of the first to get a lot of solo attention, right? With yeah. with the Rhyme Sayers yeah. um, deal and everything. I, li- I like that. So how did that come about and how did that... How did you feel that progressed and grew? And It was great. I mean, I yeah. feel like I had... You know, I had a few year head start yeah. from everybody because I had been... You know, I, I went on my first tour when I was 14 in bands, you know Man, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah, been like... Course trying to be a musician with my life since I was able to do it so 14 through you know 17 18 playing punk shows all the time and then 18 through early 20s I'm 33 now yeah uh playing punk shows and then rap shows too it's it's it's, I think it's a real good routine and something that I found like when I first started off doing rap was basically because so many rap shows it's changing a lot now but so many rap shows aren't good yeah they're just not good they're just not good shows it's just a dude standing there with a mic whereas if you've come from performing in a punk band or in a metal band or anything like that there's that bit more you're used to that energy on stage that throwing it all out there I think it plus I think that Minneapolis we don't we don't let bad shows fly the way that a lot of other places yeah, go. We've yeah. got really great performers locally and yeah. always have, you yeah. know, I mean, since long before I was making music. Yeah. And if you play a bad show, nobody's going to give you the time of day, you know? Like, you got you to gotta come up and show out, you, you know? You see, I feel on this I need to mention now that the first time we met was when we were touring and we came to Minneapolis and we had Dolan with us and, mm-hmm. and you and Dolan were working on a track for Fallen House mm-hmm. as, as I can City, I think. Um, and me and Dan did one of the worst shows that we've ever done. I, you may not have remem- remembered it. I don't but, but there were some t- t- tech issues and normally, again, like coming from spoken word background in this, I embraced yeah. tech issues because sure. it's your chance to go this is where we show that we yeah. can hold this together but the tech issues went on that bit too long and it was literally we had no power or beats for like 15 uh, minutes you know I'd, I'd filled for like 5 minutes I'd done a spoken word piece or whatever <laughs> and then it was like still not working we should probably leave stage or something and it was just like the shape and again I mean we pulled it back and it went alright but it was it was one of them I was like it wasn't at that point Dolan had been, been been talking about your stuff I hadn't really heard that much yeah, yeah. but he knew that I was I'd grown up into punk and he knew that yours had that kind of edge cool. to it and it wasn't until A Never Better came out which I think was after that I think it was. A Never Better was, a, was coming out a little while after that that I finally kind of had a listen and I mean not to we, we won't go into this too much but it's that it's in my top five albums oh, now it's, thanks, it just it, it connected and you it's something you mentioned there about the Madonna a, a melodic element of the of the pop punk mm-hmm. I think that's something that rings through was I found Never Better was an album that could go fucking hard as you like but it also had some real genuine beautiful moments in it like that production was, wise and it was like I hadn't heard that in, in rap at that point if if people were trying to go hard then they were just going fucking hard yeah. and if they weren't then they were just being all all, all esoteric and chilling yeah. out on it and yeah, I, I was. I mean, I, I learned all that a lot from being in Doomtree. You know, yeah. like, yeah, working with working alongside Dessa and Cecil. Yeah, you know, uh, and MK Larada from early years made it. I mean, all I wanted to make was the most aggressive, gnarliest, gnarliest yeah. music yeah, ever. Yeah. I feel like, you know, what I like Death Grips. Yeah, what Death Grips sounds like 
is what I was trying to make initially. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. this is going to be me shouting, and it's going to be beats that like pummel your face off. And then spending so much time with those guys, they're like, you should try listening to this band low. Or you should try listen, you know, yeah. try, check out these other styles of music. And yeah. then it, you know, it bleeds in. And you want to yeah. make something that's beautiful all of a sudden after yeah, you hear great. something that's inspiring that's beautiful. So I love that. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's going to be a, 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 a wash of shitty acts coming off the back of Death Grips because Death Grips I think are amazing amazing but that would also be easy to do really badly yeah people I, I think thinking way, it is just someone screaming yeah. it's like no this is way yeah. easier to do badly than it is to do as well as they do 100% yeah. so yeah that's that's, that, and that's kind of a risk what, what do you feel I mean speaking of Death Grips then when uh, when Kanye came out with mm-hmm. with um, a, a New Slaves and his, his big new sound a lot of people were saying they felt he'd got a lot of that sound from Death Grips or whatever. I've argued with people till I'm blue in the face that he got a lot of that from POS because I remember <laughs> when he posted a, one of your videos on his website, yeah, right, and on his blog. So, and again, I think there's no sh- shame in that. I'm not digging out Kanye in this. I think he's... I, on my radio show, I, I used to have a few years back, I referred to him once as the Madonna of hip-hop and mm-hmm. people saw it as an insult. I don't mean it as an insult. No, Madonna is amazing at finding what's really dope at the moment and bringing the good bits out of it yeah. and making it this huge thing. Yeah, that's what a producer does. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, he's an excellent producer and I think, yeah, I think that he's got a really good ear for music. You know, he's, I don't know. I, w- I would say yeah. that at all the places where people say this kind of sounds like POS because when that record came out, it, my Twitter blew up. Yeah. yeah. Like, this record I sounds like POS, you know? Yeah. But I would always say that it sounds like LP. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that I spent all my early years just trying to figure out how to make sounds that sounded like LP and then yeah. in the course of doing that I found what my sound sounded like yeah. do you know yeah. what I'm saying Yeah. and I think that I, I would like to think that Kanye has listened to my record and thought yeah. hey this element is cool and this element is cool I would like to think that he listens to LP and thinks this element is cool this element is cool yeah, what a producer does is pulls the cool stuff out of things and blows it up Yeah. I think that Kanye does it in such a way where he's like, this part is dope. I'm taking it, and I'm adding it to this thing. Yeah. Whereas, I didn't come up in the kind of culture where I felt like that was as tight as it is now. So yeah. if it's like, if I hear something that's cool, I want to not grab that exact piece and take it and put it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. grab what the spirit and energy the es- of that, yeah. the essence of yeah. it, and then figure out a way to make it mine. And I, I think he does that too. He just does it in a way that everybody is able to see exactly how it works. I, I remember when I was working on distraction pieces and I was working with tons of different... Um, um, uh, sorry, my album, Distraction Pieces. The podcast is yeah, now yeah. called Distraction Pieces. I, it's I confusing as fuck. <laughs> but uh, when I was working on that, I, I was t- talking to loads of different producers mm-hmm. and I'd send them a few things. That I'd say, I want... These are kind of influences. Yeah. And a few producers... I walked away then because like they were more hip hop or dancey ones and I'd send them Glassjaw's album yeah, yeah. and I'd say but again it was that thing it was, it was my fault for not articulating it yeah, right yeah. it's like I'm not saying it should sound like that but I don't think you should be able to make my record with, or this beat without having heard that yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean it feels like that should exactly have come into it in some way and, I know exactly what you mean there's yeah. been so many times where it's like, I'm not I'm, saying can you make that beat that's, that's awesome they've nailed that that yeah. doesn't need doing yeah. they've got that yeah, I, I take <laughs> I take a long time between every record I've ever made. Yeah, and it's mostly because I tour really hard yeah. after every record usually, and then 
I also like to take a lot of time to figure out what I want the next one to sound like yeah. and then teach myself how to make it instead of yeah. try to find the producers to cover it. And I work with a lot of producers, and it's it's great, and I love working with different producers, yeah. but there are never... There's never been an anchor on a record that I didn't make or that Laserbeak didn't make because we know how to work together or talk together or because that I need to figure out what I'm trying to say musically that's different from what everybody does. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'll bring in people and I'll work with people, but I always need anchors on every record that is like what I'm sending to producers like this is what I'm trying to do right now and this you know? is how we're sounding this is, and how yeah. we're looking and again if you've got someone that you can work with and that you have that shorthand with that yeah. you don't have to explain that you don't have to kind of go back and forth over and over again because yeah. it's like they get what you're they get they, it they're they, trying they, to do there plus, trying to go plus like making uh, We Don't Even Live Here the last record yeah I could after a while of going back and forth with Beak like what do you want it to sound like what are we doing I'd send him like the beat for Bumper and I'd be like this is definitely going to make the record yeah. so he'd yeah, hit yeah, me yeah. back like oh okay now I know what you're talking about let's yeah. see what we can do that's so, perfect yeah, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of we didn't even live here um, what uh, what reaction did you get when the remix album was released because I thought it was absolutely amazing but Thanks. I could also see that it's it, like it was instantly my instant listen to it was like this is the songs I love but I can play them at my club night yeah, yeah. whereas the rest of the records often and people get p- a pissy sometimes at club nights and nights out there's certain music and hip hop that's fucking amazing mm-hmm. but that doesn't fit in a club yeah that's fine like, I, I wouldn't fine. want to hear m- most of my songs in a club I think we kill it live I'm, I, you know, I, I'm exactly with you I, feel like like I don't want to hear that in a club that's not whereas the remix um, of we don't I live around it felt like 90% of these it's like I can I can hear this in a club this yeah. is and that the was way. that was kind of the plan and that was also kind of like you know we put it out like pretty much right around a year after the record yeah. had been out yeah. and I wanted it to be just as good as the record yeah. but drastically different from the record it's rare that people and and and, and, and strange and famous pull it off every now and then because they've got Buddy Peace, who I yeah. love, he just he'll remix. He'll I've 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 been there when he's emailed Abi Dolan, just saying, like as a surprise, I've remixed your entire record. It's like just <laughs> just off the bat, just he's like had some time, and he would have done. And again, it's that whole thing of this is as good. It's completely different, but it's as good and as exciting. But it's hard to pull that off. It right? is really Sometimes hard to pull it off. will feel if you're putting out a remix album that you can't be asked to do and yeah. you want to cash in. So, did you get any backlash? Particularly, I was thinking as well because of. The rest of the record was having such a punk and hard feel. The, the a remix album that was then completely away from that. Mm-hmm. Did, was anyone pissed off, or do they just have nobody, faith in you? Nobody in told me. Yeah, if they were pissed off, you know, I think we gave it away. It was free. Yeah, there's new verses on it, new features. It was like a totally different record, you know, like familiar parts of stuff that you know. But yeah. otherwise, there's new stuff all over it, and it is. I mean. In the way that I feel like when I say we, I mean me and the people I work with, yeah. everybody in Doomtree, my guy Ryan, yeah. Marijuana Dust Squads, that's like my crew of dudes that I make music yeah, with. Yeah, there's a whole, the, there's a general yeah. we. I, I always have the same because on any tour, on any production, there's someone I'm working with. That's, so it's always that's, we, that's but what I'm saying. it's, it's always in specific. But when, I, when, we, when we worked on this one, and the stuff that we work on, especially the stuff that leans toward Marijuana Dust Squads, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. people think that oh no we put out this weird dance version of the record they still listen to it and it's weird there's like weird chops the beats get strange there's stuff in there that's probably not supposed to be in there yeah it's 
I don't think anybody's ever mad at that. It's so. great to have a, a fan base that are trusting like that. Yeah. Because people have so much of an issue sometimes. They're like, again, like, as someone who put out their third record or whatever, and people are like, man, I like the first record. It's like, that's, that's dope. That's fine. The yeah. first record's still there. Yeah. We don't release an album and then erase everything from yeah. history that's... in the past. It's like, it's fine. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to like the next record. It's like, this yeah. is... I, I did my very best on just being a fan of music and a consumer of music. Yeah. I made sure that my second record, which is called Audition, it's my yep. first record on Rhyme Sayers, yeah. I sure, made sure to make sure, I made sure to make sure <laughs> that there was really good rap verses, some sloppy rap verses, a lot of singing, a lot of screaming, a lot of heavy beats, and some pretty stuff. Yeah. Because that covers everything that I could want to do in the future. And I feel like every record I make is a little bit different and a little bit kind of adjusted yeah. to what I want to be doing at the time. And if anybody's ever like, I like what he used to be doing, I've always been doing all the stuff You've I'm got doing. got that reference. You know? And it just, it just you know, I try to, to update the sound. I don't want repeatedly. to make the same record again, you know? Yeah. I feel like the last record I made has the most polish of any record I've ever put on it yeah. ever. And some catchy hooks and some dancey stuff. And now the record I'm making right now is I debuted a song at the festival I throw in Minneapolis. Yeah. And it's right around nine minutes long. And it doesn't have, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's real. I want to. I want to change what I'm doing every time. Yeah, you know. No, I like that. So uh, we're speaking a fair bit of the last record. Um, it felt like it really clicked. On it, it clicked like it, it felt like all the rhyme sayers type crowd knew mm-hmm. who you were yeah. by now. The songs and videos like fuck your stuff, and yeah. that seemed to really work. And then what you would normally do, as you said, is tour is hard hit after the road that. And tour hard. So yeah. let's now discuss what happened there, because that suddenly was not an option. <sighs> yeah, I played my CD release show in Minneapolis and then cancelled my tour so I could start doing kidney dialysis because Damn. I had, you know, since I was uh, 17, 18, somewhere in there, I knew that I had kidney problems. I had a physical. I had extra protein in my urine. They didn't know why, but yeah. they were like, this is probably... Going to be bad later. Doing this, yeah, you know? yeah. I took uh, medicine daily to, you know, maintain being okay. And then after years and years and years, it was like, all right, now your kidney function is really low, and we got to take care of this right now. You know, and damn timing as well. The, t- the man, timing was not... the timing was crazy. Yeah. It was the first time I'd taken any break since quitting working day jobs in 2004. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've toured every year and worked hard every year and put out music and done stuff every year and then I put out a record the biggest and the biggest my, one you've done you know, every, the biggest one I've done and again I think everyone every artist should always think the thing they've just finished is the best thing they've yeah. ever done everything should be built into that Absolutely. so it should never be a oh this was our that that record was our peak and now we continue on it's like no this is the biggest thing so for real to have that to build up to this and then be told yeah no you're 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 out for a bit you're yeah. on the bench and it was I mean people had to well, more force than me. on the bench in fact because there must have been some question mark and fear over what what I was going to do actually yeah what everything well, from what there, I mean in the long term from there I, I wasn't like thinking about like it's gonna it's, I'm I'm dying soon you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah yeah I you know kidney problems are you can't see them and yeah. it it happens so slow that you can barely feel them it's just right. all of a sudden your memory sucks and you can't 
stay oh, really? up past like 10 o'clock and Damn, like, you yeah. know, like it's just really happens slow. Yeah. Your, your, uh, your kidneys clean your blood, you know? So you're just stacking poison up yeah. everything that you can't clear and it just slows your whole system down. Yeah. You see, um, a memory sucks and can't start past 10 o'clock does not help for someone who has to remember a shitload of lyrics <laughs> on stage with a stage time around 10 o'clock. That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of mean, the, it's kind of the ultimate, honestly, ultimate package of no, you can't do that. That's real. We were just talking about the release party for the We Don't Even Live Here remix record. Yeah. And at that point, I was due to get a kidney in a few months, yeah. but I had been on dialysis for about a year. Damn. And I played like two songs, and then all of the guest rappers that I invited to rap just freestyled while I just pretty much stood on stage barely able to stand on my feet Fuck, and that was yeah. the last show i played before the kidney transplant yeah but then i got a kidney transplant through a festival in minneapolis played my first headliner in denver and then went on tour with doomtree amazing yeah dude it's 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 been good i took i took like a solid year and a half in that second year i started writing on the doomtree record yeah and getting ready so, as, as there was a long time of, of being on dialysis oh, and then did w- was the operation after the, the, the remix album launch thing? Were you on dialysis yeah, still? I was on dialysis So you were trying still. to gig and tour on whilst yeah. having to go on dialysis? And yeah, I mean, I almost... And what does that involve, just to, to well, put okay, this out there? Sorry, there's let's... a couple different kinds of dialysis. There's one that's called hemodialysis, mm-hmm. and they give you a port, and all of your blood goes into a machine, and the machine cleans your blood, right? and then it puts it back clean, and then you go about your life. I did not do that kind. That right. is a very, like body intensive kind yeah and as a generally able-bodied you know 30 year old at the time um 29 yeah 30 however old i yeah, was like yeah 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 i was able to do peritoneal dialysis where you get a port into your belly and then you pretty much like drain you hang like a iv bag and then you drain like a solution into your peritoneal which is mm. like your empty abdomen cavity everybody has yeah and then you leave the solution in your for like 45 minutes and then you dump it out and then it dumps out the toxins with it oh, and you wow. fill up again and you do that a few times a day um or you can do it overnight you so know? it's basically a manual kidney it's a manual you're, you're, manual, yeah. you're manually cleaning oh, and yeah. removing the toxins i was i was on tour with marijuana death squads and there was definitely days where i would have to not days but every day i would yeah. have to stop what i was doing go find the cleanest room and Damn. you know turn off all the vents and make sure the air was still and then perform dialysis on myself for 45 minutes or whatever yeah and then uh go about my life so i did that for a year pretty much right when i announced the cancellation of the tour i did that for a year a little more than a year and then i found a donor a guy i went to high school with actually hit, me up, hit me up on twitter when uh a local paper wrote about what was going on with me. Because that was it. I thought it was good that there was an openness on social network and yeah. a support on social network about a lot it. Of going, support. look, here's what's going on. A lot of support. Yeah. And it was beautiful to see, I don't know, in independent rap. It was beautiful to see that everyone kind of seemed to, to, to pull together. A lot of rappers, a lot of producers were all getting Everybody, outside. Everybody, man. Look, check this out. And it's, it's every, every industry, I like this, there's always some level of backbiting or rivalry yeah. or whatever and, sh- and, sh- and shit like that makes everyone just go oh it's beautiful to see everyone just go right now 
yep. this sh- this shit needs needs sorting and yeah. whatever little help we can give. We're and it was amazing, man. Like yeah. it, it was amazing. The the kind of comments I got from fans and not fans, just people who have dealt with it and yeah. other rappers and other people in music and yeah. just everybody, man. It was yeah incredibly. If if that didn't ha- if that wouldn't have happened, I probably would have. You know, falling into a real deep depression, not being able to tour the record, not everything yeah. like that. Like, it's killer. It's killer it to was, build up that much and then yeah, have dude, that I mean, completely that's, and through no fault of your own. It's yeah. not like you did something stupid and yeah, you're yeah. fucked up now. You know. No, I think a lot of people don't realize that is like, you know, if you're a painter, you paint all of the works that are in the series of point paintings that you're doing, and then you hang it in a gallery that looks beautiful. You make sure everything's done just right. Then you open the doors, and then it's the people's record. You know, yeah, they're the yeah. people's art show. They can come yeah. in and look at everything. For for a, a musician like me, and probably like you, you spend all this time on a record. You spend a year writing and making music and doing all this stuff. Then the record's done. You start working on art and how you want to present this to the world. And then it comes out, and you go on tour. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You get the feedback of playing the shows. Yeah. And seeing that those songs worked or didn't work or worked or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like you get that's the you part get that that's release exciting and, and and the reward. Yeah. I I wouldn't make songs if it wasn't for playing shows. I didn't you know? on one of the, the, Maybe the first podcast we had Zane Lowe on, and before we got going, I was talking to him about. At that point, I was even more into the idea. I was con- genuinely considering my next record never n- never being recorded yeah. and released because I was like, right, as we'd said, if the value has gone out of recorded music mm-hmm. I'm, I don't get that much of a buzz from being in the studio recording the record yeah. I, you know the building of it but the actual recording of it it's like that's something that has to be done yeah. and that's something that has to be done for other people yeah. and if other people aren't into that having any value anymore I'm not even talking on it, 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 in a monetary way it's like yeah. if, you, if you don't see it's got much value I'd rather just perform it in front of you and tour yeah. it like I, crazy so it was one of them I was like thinking could I just do a record that I only ever play live and just? I mean, here's it, and it'd be tough because it's better when people would know that you is, know there's all sorts of is. shit. But still, it was like thinking of the actual artistic part. It's weird. It's weird as musicians because it's n- natural now for us to, to record and release records. But the fact is, that's the business part of it. That's not the artistic part it, of it. It really is. It's I not mean, really the artistic. I mean, you put art into it. You put everything you can to make it good, make, but yeah. that's not the artistic part of it. So that is. Again, the songwriting is the recording techniques, making are, the songs, yep. the physically making a CD, and whether the, even the artwork is everything. But the physical fucking the finished product isn't the artistic part. That's a business part of that's, it, and that's yeah. kind of it's like, well, I'm not interested in that part of it. So, I mean, it's weird. It's confusing. I, I it's feel a weird that. Area. I feel that. I know. Like my last record, I always try to spend a lot of time on art and make sure the yeah. art looks really yeah. cool. The last record, I, I made like a zine. It's like a whole yeah. thing. And I always want to I mean, do that, and it always feels and, like. And, and never better had the kind of the see through, yeah. the clear. Yeah, it had like a whole art project that you yeah. could, you know, you get all the art and you tear it apart and you make your own art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I love doing things like that, and it seems like people care less and less. But yeah. that's, you know, I'm not going to stop doing it. It's just going to break my heart a little more every time. Yeah, that's exactly. It. But the sad part is, again, whilst I applaud the elements of piracy that kill. Major or stop major labels making outrageous profits and all that. It also stops 
labels the size of Strange Famous or Rhyme Sayers or Speech Development or whatever, having the budget to do interesting sh- sh- shit like that, because you want to make that, but yeah. that's not cheap to do. To that's have something that you can pull not. it all out and have the, the clear bits on it and have, have a zine with it, it's like, that's not cheap to make. And if there's a few hundred people or even a few thousand people who want to buy it, that might not be enough to that's, cover the cost of actually producing it's, it. It's true. So, it's some, it's some fucked up shit it's the interesting part of that and again I never like to be an artist going don't steal music or whatever it's like no but man you, that, you let technology the roll the way it. that it rolls yeah exactly you know, that's what I, it is I, I feel like I'm lucky enough that I even have fans that will wait for me to make a record yeah. you know if I was a new artist people would be expecting 35 new songs every two months you know what yeah. I'm saying like yeah. it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> again it's, it's, it's another thing that I've discussed numerous times which is say Francis and B. Dolan the, the thing that sometimes it's good to go away for a bit Yeah, it's good to you know Absolutely. to let it to, to let something brew to let something develop rather than because it is it becomes even without the, the pressure of a fan base it becomes such a cyclical thing that you think right I've toured now I need to do a record and then yeah. I need to tour and then and I need to not, do a record it's, it's, it's like, not good for your mind unless yeah. you know you're trying to be a sociopath out there yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have to it's, be a kind of crazy person to like after seeing what real fame looks like yeah yeah, well, yeah not yeah. like I've had it but you know I've play. I've been a musician professionally for over 10 years yeah. I've been everywhere I've been because of music I've seen every, every level of what it looks like and to want to go and be that kind of famous you know to want it and like yeah. chase it you're the time taking the time chasing it takes away from so many other parts of your life that involve a lot more like you know mental development and friendships and yeah. things like that you know like I was, again I always remember before I'd even met Sage so back when I was just a Sage fan just hearing him and I was disappointed as a fan but hearing him say I'm taking a year or two off to go and live and yeah. to, to, to live and educate myself so yeah. I've got a new record to write and that's amazing but I mean anyway as you were saying there about t- taking you away from things how do you find touring? And particularly now that you've had it taken away from you at one yeah, point. I love touring. Yeah. I've always loved touring. I I, I love it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I miss my family. I miss being home and grounded sometimes. Um, I've definitely spent years, like 2009, I did like 225 shows. Like yeah. way too many shows. You yeah, go yeah, a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. But if you get a good cycle of how you want to play shows and be out on the road... Touring is beautiful. It's the only traveling I've ever gotten to do in my life until touring and making money touring so I can go back and visit places for good. Yeah. Um, And it takes you all around the world now. It's taking you everywhere. It's, and like I said, when I was, you know, a little kid, I discovered how music worked as a job. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't too long from that when I was like, oh, well, I'm going to need a van. And the first car I ever wanted was a van, you Brilliant. know. I was yeah. prepared to go on the road my whole life, you know. And, and that awareness straight away that this yeah. is this is all, this is going to be needed. It I, might not be needed now, but yeah. this is going to be fucking needed. I, 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 need to... I looked right out, man. I don't know. I know I know a lot of people have a hard time trying to decide what they want to do with their life. Yeah. You know, and hard, having a hard time, you know, finding out what they, how they want to live and who they want to be. And I think that I knew all that stuff very, very, very early and yeah. started pursuing it very, very, very early. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's been a blessing to me for my whole life. Yeah, completely. Can we talk a little bit about kind of, kind of about activism? I think it's weird. It's a weird time at the moment in rap because activism 
because of everything that's going on in in, in yeah. America. It's it's it. I do want to talk about that, but I think I associate you with a kind of activism, but not necessarily always that kind of activism. If yeah. you know what I mean, that there's there's more about um, or kind of anti-capitalism type stuff, anti you know places. Yeah. sitting unused and things like that and taking yeah. back spaces and taking back what should be the publics and the communities and yeah. things like that so yeah let's that's, let's, that's, let's talk about that it's, it's just odd because if you think of if you think of I was thinking on the way here I was thinking well I don't want to kind of say that you're a political or activist rapper because that instantly must mean you have to talk instantly on 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 Ferguson and yeah, on Charles yeah, yeah. and again I think stuff like that is important to address but that's not what I associate with your music's as much. It, it's it's not really what my music's about. You yeah. know, like it's a little bit more as it comes up in the culture a little bit more. But my yeah. music has always been about my personal view and take on all of the world around me. So if it's happiness, if it's you know, I haven't spoken to anybody all day. Yeah. If it's I love being in my car, if it's I'm watching the news, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I want yeah, a little yeah. bit of everything that's going on in my real life to come through in my music. And politics play a heavy role in everybody's life if you're paying attention to it. Yeah. And I think. And unavoidable at the moment. I mean, as a, let's be blunt, as a black man in as, America, yeah, it's, it's completely always been, unavoidable. It's always been. Yeah. And the fact that it's on such a big stage nationally because of all these insane tragedies. Is you know it's 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 great to see everybody talking about it. Yeah, it's great to ha- have the nation having a debate that I've been having, you know, my yeah. whole life. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. But since I've been having it my whole life, I, I feel like I'm already thinking three steps ahead of what I feel like everybody should be doing, and I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me, so I kind of keep it to myself. Yeah, you know, and and I have when I bring so it up, so much of that, yeah. so much of that, politically and socially, I'm like right. I don't even want to start this discussion because in, in many ways the discussion or to so many problems the solution is, is just is ugly. huge it's ugly. swaths yeah. of people dying. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the just, solution is uglier than the problem and many it really times it's, it, it needs to get a lot, a lot really worse. Is. And that's actually like, as we're living on a planet that's hugely overpopulated, I mean, hugely over... It's, you it's, know, it's not overpopulated. That's the thing. Is yeah. It's like there's room for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the way that resources are divided brutalize most of everybody. Yeah. And people like me and you and the people who are doing way better than us yeah. get to do great. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like, you know, you could fit everybody in America in Texas. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, room. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the resources are garbage. Owned and not being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not you know, being... and... And it's. I think that if there was, I think that capitalism is a f- total fucking joke. You know, and yeah. it's a waste of everybody's time, everybody's energy, and everybody's mind. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And these aren't conversations you can bring up with normal people. You know, yeah. they're barely ideas you can bring up in songs and keep them rhythmic and fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you have Completely. to. You have to be working really, really extra hard to like get these ideas across. But I believe I. I. I, I am. If if we're gonna pick political ideologies out there I'm an anarchist in the the most solid way you could think I feel like there are general rules that we have in our hearts yeah. you know what I'm saying but also I feel like we if we had if we were left to our own devices to govern ourselves or figure out the way to do it I think we could I think yeah. that money becomes the problem and then it starts all over again and yeah. a lot of people a lot of people always have something to say like you're an anarchist well what would you do 
You know, it's like, I don't know, but I wouldn't do this, yeah. you know? It, it, it'd be amazing if we could stop the economy for four days and talk about race. See what <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if, we yeah. could, if that could be the most important thing for a minute, if we talk about... There's, 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 so, there's so many laws that, um, again, it's like the, people always ask, oh, what's the other solution? It's like, just that question yeah. doesn't make what is going on acceptable. Um, yeah. I, I had Howard Marks on, who's one of the biggest drugs... A cannabis smugglers in 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 history, um, and it was was f- a, a fascinating to realise that he's he's a career criminal. He's known as a criminal, and he was saying to me, "I've never done anything that I'm, I'm morally against." It's why he's written books. He's like, "I'm not ashamed of it because I've provided drugs to people who want to take That's... that." That it's a law I don't agree with. Therefore, I've just lived by my own laws. I've not hurt anyone I've not done and all I've done is do, do stuff to myself yeah. and allow others to do stuff to themselves that's that's, that's a lot of where I, where I stand on yeah. a lot of things you know like I don't think anybody should hurt anybody you know yeah, yeah. nobody should hurt anybody people yeah. that hurt people should be punished that's quite simple but that's that should be the rule for everybody you know yeah. like it shouldn't just be the rule for the poor people and the people who don't have privilege you know yeah, yeah completely you know I, I your country and mine both go to smaller countries and exploit them and murder them and yeah, destroy their yeah. whole... And shit, have a you know? huge history of doing so. Yeah, and, and have a humongous history of doing so, and that's not the stuff that gets looked on at crimes. And, you know, this is like this is the stuff I get looked at. I feel... Or, uh, I get worked up about. This is the stuff that ends up as politics in my songs, yeah, you know? Yeah. Is, like, hypocrisy. Yeah, from, from like huge the, hypocrisy. From, uh, from, like, the... The levels of, of people dealing the rules down, you know. You see, I've, I, I mean, oh, of that said, my current view on 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 some of the big debates in America involve hypocrisy. Because after after what happens in in Charleston, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I look at that and go like, your, so- your gun laws are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You need to deal with that. That needs to be sorted. But equally. If I was a black man in America Dude, at the moment, would, I'd would probably want. Or, or, or no, just more. Just the fact. If I, with the current climate, if I was a black man in America, I'd probably want to be allowed to defend myself. I'd probably want a gun. So whilst I think you need to sort the gun laws out and get rid of them, I can also empathise with some people that are like, "Dude, the police are killing us. Yeah, you can't I mean, now take our, our only means of defence away. So it's it's a factor. I'm not saying that there should be wars and people shooting each other. I, but I know, man, it's fucked. It's like, such a weird hypocrisy within my own beliefs. There. It's so big at this point that it's yeah. hard. You know, there's that argument. You know, or yeah. they, well, they needed guns to defend themselves. Yeah. Or that kid shouldn't have had guns in the first place. Or there should have, you know, like. Again, it's fucked up, and I don't agree. I don't agree that um, the only thing that stops a bad armed man is a good armed I don't man agree and all that. that stupid shit. I think Australia saw 25 years ago when they had their one big massacre and then they yeah. got rid of guns and they haven't had one since. Yeah. They've showed there is a solution. But That's- I said, I feel unfair as a white man living in England yeah. to tell any. Black man in America with everything that's gone on up until this recent shooting that yeah. you can't, you I can't mean, have a gun, you can't defend yourself. It's, we're, it's we're not, we're not getting shit. rid of guns, man. There's a lot of people who are never going to let that happen there, yeah. and that's whatever. But we it's need to figure, crazy, we need just, to figure something out. It's, it's and, and again, it's exactly as we we're saying earlier. It's not a we've got guns or we don't have guns. There's increments and there's levels and ways that we don't. Again, the fact is. You're a very armed nation. Very, very. You can't say, oh, guns are illegal now. And yeah. everyone, even, even number one, expect everyone to give them back. But number two, say, 
you know you spent thousands and thousands of pounds on your amazing hunting guns collection mm-hmm. that's now worthless it's gone it's like that's not fair yeah. are you going to turn around and say we will buy all the guns back or what and what the values are and it was you know there's it's not as simple as guns or not guns but there it's, should it shouldn't be a battle of no we can't make any changes because yeah. it's our, it's in our fucking rights and signed bit because, of paper years ago by a, a racist world, slave owners because the world is rolling man yeah. because it doesn't stop for anything and yeah. Huh? Completely, you know? and even these, all of these, all of these completely arbitrary words on paper, ideas, whatever that yeah. we just live by, dollars and cents, money, 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 yeah. money, money. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All that stuff could stand to just like pause for a second, and then we all talk. So <laughs> figure out, it's, figure it's all out fiction. maybe. It's, it's all fiction, fictional. Dude. The the the, the, oh, the uh, finances <laughs> are fiction. The the, the boundaries are fiction. It's stuff we've made up. But not not just that. Is you know there's we there are different ideas for how societies could go. Yeah, yeah. you know, and we could talk about this endlessly and yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can't implement any of them until the one that we're rolling on breaks fully, yeah. and we all die. Or, exactly. or, the or sad, we decide that we're going to do something else. You know, the like, sad f- fact is, it's got to get a lot worse before people are willing to do anything else. Yeah. And, yeah. and regardless of my beliefs of this has to happen or that has to happen, it being dark or whatever, the fact is, nothing is going to happen until it gets a lot worse. Yeah. And I mean, or until it's profitable to make it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Which is just as bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it shouldn't take money to steer innovation, and half the time I feel like it doesn't. You know. Yeah. But this is. Let's talk about rap music, yeah, man. Let's ult- talk about it. Sidebar. <laughs> I mean, wh- are we coming up to the hour mark? So oh, let's cool. talk about what's. As, as, what is ahead? You see, that must have been yeah. that nose. <laughs> so what is ahead? You're, you're, you've been working on a, a new, a, a new, a new solo record, and new sounds, right? New sounds, new solo record. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about John Hopkins over here. I'm sure he's I'm not. Who's John Hopkins? Oh, I'm, I'm losing this. <laughs> You're out of your mind, right? I'm, no, I'm not. What's, what, what, what's, who's John Hopkins? Sorry, th- I'm trying my he, great ignorance here. I'm pretty sure he's a Mercury Prize winning dance producer. Oh, really? I've not paid yeah. attention, I'm afraid. I, don't I it's totally not, apologize. You can't call it dance music. Um, he's just... It's really good. It it's really, yeah, really... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to... I don't know a word to explain how beautiful and hard at the, it is at the same time. Yeah. And it's just... It's been really inspiring. Um, as well as other... Uh, Really good music, good rap records coming out in the last couple of years. Um, oh, what have you been feeling? Aside from in, in, Death Grips in recent and years. this dude in Chicago named Saba. Yeah. Allen Kingdom in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Run the Jewels, of course, just as a fan of Killer Mike and LP. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aesop Rock is, I feel like everything he puts out is better than it was before. Yeah. And he's been he my just, favorite forever. He just dropped a verse on, on a new B. Dolan track, and it's. I, I, it's it's been they've been working on it for about three four years now yeah. so I heard his opening line to the verse years ago and it's been killer that it's not out there yet and he just starts the verse with vertical 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 diagonal <laughs> no one else can start a verse I, I, I like that and it's like but it's just the most instantly you're like fuck yeah. this, this guy's he's, brilliant he's he just, is, he's he a is beast. brilliant I love it I've been uh, mostly listening to uh the, the 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 rappers I've mentioned, yeah, and a shit ton of podcasts, yeah, and instrumental music and foreign music where it's I can't the understand w- the words. Uh, when are you going to be getting a podcast? And I know you and I remember hearing, are, are you and Harmar mm-hmm. t- 
watched a, a talk in the past on podcasts. Man, What's I've, the... I've, I really want to do one. I just uh, and I've got a couple really good ideas. Yeah, I just want to finish a record, and I want to do something that I know I can do consistently. You know, like, That's exactly. I, I don't want to just. I, I started this when I've decided. Right, I'm not going to do a single gig f- yeah. for a year. I'm going to yeah. try doing at least a year without a single gig so, so therefore there's other shit I can go I know I can commit to doing that yeah, every absolutely. week and, and have that's, good shit whereas, that's really what it is is yeah. I have a radio show and on my radio show I've, I've had it for over a year now but I have to take weeks off all the time yeah. because I got shows and I got you yeah. know kids and stuff to do Yeah. so you know I've been thinking and trying to make sure I have an idea that is a really good one and can go can keep going consistently but I will definitely do it it's one of my favorite mediums to yeah. deal with you know it's, it's just I mean it, it, I really enjoyed I, uh, I kind of I stopped doing my, my radio show and the one reason I regret that is podcasts have stopped me listening to much new music because yeah. I listen to so many podcasts and doing the radio show I had to be on top of po- all the new man, music so there was not, no avoiding it podcast didn't stop me at yeah. all I was no. just not trying to listen to anybody's music yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just weren't going there for as real it was. man I mean you get so tired especially rap music you know yeah you get so tired of people who are clearly just not caring about their lyrics yeah you know yeah. And it's like okay that's fine I just don't want to hear it you yeah. know yeah, 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 I don't yeah, want to yeah. hear it, and it, I'm, I'm I'm not a purist, and I'm ready for anybody to l- do whatever, you know. But yeah. I don't want to listen to it if it's bad, and so much of it's bad. You so go ahead on, and you do it over there. So I listen to tons, <laughs> tons, yeah, of instrumental music, yeah. which I never did in my life until yeah. the last couple of years. That's dope, though. Like aggressive instrumental music. So, you know? so when do you reckon the next album, a next solo record will be out? Obviously, you're touring with Doomtree at the moment, yep, and, you, and you had your most recent record. So yep. um, I will probably put music out at the end of the summer here, yeah. and then I'll probably put out the record like first quarter next year. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And and where can people keep up with everything? Oh man, that the you're best, doing and everything the, that's going on. The best places to find me are on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. At the at sign, yeah, right, Y E A H R I G H T P O S. So, yeah, right, P O S. And then doomtree.net has links yeah. or access to all of the music and things that I'm working on and up to. You see, there's, I, I, I stopped mentioning this in the podcast because I was mentioning it t- t- too much, but I think it's, it's relevant now. We also, I put this podcast out, it goes on iTunes, everybody's mm-hmm. put it out on an app called Acast. Yeah. And the beauty there is we can put tags in and links oh, cool. to everything so all through this one and, and, and the Dessa one every time we mention an album of yours Excellent. a book of hers Excellent. there's a link to it at the Doomtree uh, website and web store and things cool. like that and again I think that's one of the ways that podcast is innovating ahead of everything else is you can do sh- shit you like can, that it's fully immersive and the hard part interactive. about podcast is you can't play entire songs if you're gonna yeah, yeah. that's but, the bit that, that but it's sucks cool. you'll, yeah. you'll work it out I'm gonna use take advantage of that link and just say all of my album names just because yeah, then you yeah, can yeah, throw them up there if it hack needs first some people like it audition's pretty good and that was second <laughs> you see that's the one after that was never better and, after and, that and was never audition better. is the one that Dan Lasak is always like no that's the best of the really that's the, yeah. when right. I was bumping a never better constantly Every, was, most of my fans think that never better is the best a small chunk of them think that we don't even live here is the best I think that we don't even live I here like is the we best. don't even live here that came, again, that was that. Yeah, that blew I mean, me away when just, that dropped. It, it, I feel like I've progressed better and better because that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Uh, plain old Bill, my old DJ, one yeah. of the best DJs and people I ever met in my life. He 
made a really good point, man. As an adult writer, as a human being that's working on your craft, there's no reason that any rapper should ever get worse. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no reason unless you just truly don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, you gotta, like, yeah, stick I, at it. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to actually end up on a bit of a weird anecdote because sure. I started arguing with a fan of yours recently on Twitter. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a really weird thing. I'm, 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 I'm liking a lot of the. A Save Money Crew stuff in, mm-hmm. in Chicago yeah. and, and Vic Mensa I think there was a few tracks that I loved and then a few I didn't like so much and then his new one Agreed. his new one with Kanye I thought was amazing and I posted it saying shit I can't wait to play this at my club night and this yeah. is this is amazing and a dude I must have been back going um, something along the line of bitches weed and whatever screw that I'm mm-hmm. going to s- stick I'm going to go back to listening to Purex. Yeah. Purex is my favourite song on Never Better. Right. Yet, yet the whole, <laughs> purely the stance of his attitude, I was like, right, it's okay for you to not like it, but don't be shitting on people for liking it, if you know what I mean. It's like, it's fine. It's like, there's, music is different for everyone. Absolutely, You've man. picked a song I really like as well, but just, 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 what you should have done there is kept listening to Purex. Absolutely. Not, not taking the time to tweet me to let me know that you think this song's shit. And particularly as I'd tagged the artists in it, so they're then, I'm sure Vic wouldn't have seen this, but then you're then tweeting someone, you're tapping someone on the shoulder and going, tell you what, mate, I love POS, I hate your shit. It's like, yeah, just, just love POS, just stick to the love bit. I mean, that's part of the Don't internet, Don't get in on man. the hate bit. That's part <laughs> of the internet, man. Yeah. But it was a good kid and it was a good, you know, in the end... You know, I understand out. the message. Yeah, it's fine. Right it works out. But thank you very much for coming on. Thank and you, man, for a lot of stuff. Not just being on your podcast, but getting me on that song with Sage Francis. A lot of people have so, yeah, got man. into Doomtree because they heard that song, looked yeah. into me, got through my entire catalog, and then we're like, what's next? You I'm glad I'm we got to make it happen, man. And yeah. hopefully there'll be more in the future hopefully, on, on, on one of our records. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you very much, sir. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Been listening to Scrooge Pitts Discretion Pieces. There you go. Uh, what a dude. As you could tell, I was quite excited to get to chat to him, and we were both just pleased to get to talk and catch up. So I'm glad we got to do that kind of in front of your, uh, you guys, or in earshot of you guys now. So that was lovely. Obviously, as you know, we've got a part two of this. So for all you Doomtree fans, don't, don't, don't think we're, o- it's not over. It's not done. We've got more to come now. Um, we got Dessa at midday, who is the female member of the Doomtree Collective, and we discuss. Um, I mean, we discuss the fact that a female MC will pretty much always be described as a female MC, as I just have then, rather than just an MC. You know, and we, so we discuss a lot of that. We discuss her introduction to hip hop, her starting to rap, having grown up not particularly being a hip hop head. We discuss a lot of stuff there. So that's at midday. So check that out. I urge you to subscribe, rate the podcast. If you can, like on iTunes, if you subscribe and automatic download, that's great because it helps us get a load of downloads at once and jump up the charts. But in general, thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Please spread the word. Independent hip hop is one of the genres that has the most fanatical and active fans there's a huge activism in independent hip-hop because there's blogs because there's forums there's all sorts of different places so if you've listened to this and you can think of anywhere else that you can spread the word about this to people who will have never heard of this podcast 
then if you can do that, I appreciate that. In, and if you've enjoyed this, if this has been the first episode you've, in, you've come in for this, we've had Killer Mike on, we've had Sage Francis, we've had B. Dolan, we've had Open Mike Eagle, we've had Kate Tempest, we've had loads of good, good rappers and MCs on here, so check them out. Um, but for now, I mean, it's only for a few hours because we're, we're, we're back at midday, but for now, this has been the Distraction Pieces podcast, and I'm Scroobius Pip. See you in a bit.